Welcome to 2021, Jill. What a dream. I have like my vision board sitting right here next to me too. <laughs> I'm so excited. Like, okay. I don't want to be like, I'm so excited. Like, I know everyone's like, nothing's different. Nothing's changed, but it is like a mental refresh. Like it is, it is like a goalpost. Oh, yeah. it's, a, it's a day where we can go like, okay, time to like, not, yeah, nothing's changed. We're still in the middle of a pandemic. Right. And it's surging and it will continue to surge for the next couple of weeks. Hopefully things start to go down after that. Anyway, not to get into that, but like theater will probably come back this year. And that makes me so excited. I'm so excited. Like I, I'm literally losing, like literally on my vision board. Like, oh wait, hold on. It. First of all, welcome to a new episode oh, of yeah. Thought Shared Souls Baird. I'm Katie. I'm Jill. And we're going to talk all about 2021 and our expectations and our excitements. So Jill, you were saying uh, vision okay. board. So I made a vision board. I decided this year I wanted to do a vision board because I'm graduating college this semester and like in like four and a half months. <laughs> I'm terrified. Um, Exciting. And so I was like, I'm going to be like a real adult. So I need to have, like, I really wanted to do a vision board this year. And Amanda Klutz posted um, in May or June, I think it was May, um, a picture of her and Nick Cordero's vision boards that they made at the beginning of 2020. And so I was like, that's a really cool idea. Like, I had never thought to do that before, because normally I just do like a list of things I want to do in the new year. But whenever she posted, I was like, I'm going to make one this year. So I went to Michael's and they're having like crazy sales on like canvases. So I got like eight canvases for 10 bucks, which is so cheap. Um, and so I made a little vision board. It's not oh, done. it's not like exciting. Done. Yeah, that's so pretty. Tell us what's on it. So I've got because I'm hoping to move to New York by the end of the year, like January, next January at the latest. <laughs> um, so I've got like some New York stuff on here. I've got um, some theater related things on here. Um, I've got like a Playbill sticker. I've got like graduation stuff. Um, my motto for this year is live your life, a la the Nick Cordero song, because that song got me through 2020 because I listened to it every day for eight months. So that's my motto for 2021. Um, and I've got like fashion stuff on here. I've got some Blair Waldorf-esque <laughs> things up here because <laughs> I've, I've always said that once I graduate college is when I start to become Blair Waldorf. That's when I start to transform into like the woman I've always wanted to be, which is Blair Waldorf. Um, so Good haven't we all. Literally. <laughs> so I have some of that stuff on there, but I'm obsessed with it. I'm really excited about it. So hopefully... And I have like a Moulin Rouge picture on there because that's my comfort show. <laughs> and I'm going to get like a company photo to put on there because I want that to be my first show that I see back on Broadway. That's so exciting. Oh my gosh. So yeah, so let's, I made, I made some like bullet points of like, let's talk about things because there's nothing really uh, uh, urgent to talk about in these yeah. podcasts. We're just going to talk about our goals and our expectations for this year. So yeah. I made the, a bullet point of let's wildly speculate about theater in 2021. Yes. I don't think any show will open. Do you know what I mean? Like nothing that wasn't already slated to open. Oh, okay. So like no like new 
No, like I don't okay. think the music the music man might, but Scott I, Rudin Scott Rudin works the harder than he should. <laughs> I mean, that like I don't know. I think I think what I what I'm curious about is I wonder if there's any shows that were supposed to open that just won't. Like company. I think company will stay, but I, think I mean, company will be okay. I, I think, com- I think was, were there any shows that were in, well, like flying over sunset, for example, they were about to start tech, but they didn't because I thought it was, they were supposed to start previews. I don't know. Hold on. I think look, there was Tony Asbeck posted, Tony Asbeck posted like yesterday, the day before. But I was really excited about flying over Sunday. The night we were, yeah, the night that he said, I took this picture the day we all left the theater in March. That night we were supposed to have our first preview of flying over Sunday. Oh, okay. So previous, not tech. Um, I was so excited about that show. One, because um, we get a lot of shows. I shouldn't say a lot, but typically the show is set in like a city. The city is New York. Those are the ones we typically get. Um, So the fact that this one was set in LA and, you know, like, obviously I love Los Angeles. I'm from (laughs) California. Being from California is literally just like one of my only, um, personality traits. Like, which I love. I think it's so funny. (laughs) I I very much like am a California girl. Yes. And, um, uh, so I was very excited about that. Um, and I, I was so excited about that because it was also a new musical. It was completely original and it was starring, Carmen Cusack, who I adore. And Tony Yazbek. And Erica Huntington and Harry, I'll never know how to pronounce his name, but Harry Haddon Patton or Harry Hayden Patton? Don't ask me because I look at it and I get stressed because I don't, I'm so bad with like names, <laughs> like with like last names. <coughs> I never know how I, anything's pronounced. I, uh, I, I saw him in My Fairy Lady opposite uh lord Benanti, and he spits a lot <laughs> very much not covid friendly <laughs> he'll have to wear like a face shield and everything oh my god imagine <laughs> oh my god i'm just like imagining people wearing like face shields to stop this what if that happens what if they have Could to you... wear like face shields because when you're singing and you project a lot like, at least for the first couple months. Could for you first, imagine like, shows like before? Wicked and Moulin Rouge and Lion King and, like, the shows with, like, crazy things that, like, would not work with a face shield? Like, can you imagine them with a face shield? I wouldn't think it, like, at this point. Would Elfa must be green? Like, would she have, like, a green tinted? Like, it just, like, like, like just, like, just very much just like an uh like it's clear like it's clear translucent green green. yes (laughs) (laughs) like those like those like um like those uh gambling little visors those like accountants visors yes that's what alphabet's gonna wear when broadway oh my gosh (laughs) i would not be surprised if that's what happened i would think i think that would be hilarious i think it would be so partially to help the audience yeah. Or to like protect the audience. Because those, I mean, I've definitely seen shows where people are like, I can tell you who's a spitter. Harry Hayden Patton, Billy Porter. I saw Billy Porter in um 
in Shufflealong, and he had this song where it's called like the Lowdown Blues, I think. And he was like the way he was lit too. It was like <laughs> spitting. Uh, who else? Josh Groban in Comet during Dust Nash. That doesn't Same surprise thing. me. Back that doesn't lit, surprise me. Yeah. Full on, full spit. Um, I bet Danny Burstein because. I don't know if he's a spitter, but I bet he would like have a lot of trouble with containing himself <laughs> as like Harold Zidler because I mean like he gets in people's faces like he's like in the audience for a good portion of like his stage time. He's like sitting in people's faces. I wonder if that's what's going to happen. Well, so what, something I'm very excited about and I love that we have a podcast is like the, we're all making like random assumptions about when theater is going to return in a year from now we can look back hopefully theater will be open by then and we can be like did this happen did it not we'll see yeah oh another thing that they could do is do a plexiglass <laughs> just do like plexiglass like uh so a literal fourth wall a literal fourth wall yeah mm-hmm. interesting but then you would have shows in like really tiny theater like the smaller theaters like I wonder how that would and also just like lights a lot of lights are like behind so it would yeah. reflect off of that so I don't think that would work I think probably they should have been more likely probably yeah but then like what about like kissing like kissing you just scenes. smash just smash face shields together my favorite thing on the planet is um I was visiting my friend and her and her boyfriend like we went we were walking around um at like this little like it's got like some stores and like restaurants whatever we were walking around and going to like shops and stuff and um her boyfriend like I was with her boyfriend and my friend was coming to meet us and she walks up and she like kisses him and I was like because everyone was wearing masks in the middle of a pandemic no we were all wearing masks (laughs) and they kissed with their masks on and I was like is that what being a couple is in 2020 (laughs) like I was like is this what it's like to be a couple is this this coupledom in a in a pandemic yeah like I was like that's so funny and she was like I'm pretty sure we're the only people in Florida who do that and I was like everyone else in Florida is just like making out with strangers and like just not giving two shits oh god it's so bad oh my gosh but like i don't know i'm very i'm very when when do you think we're gonna get the tonys oh my god i (laughs) (laughs) because here's here's, okay here's what i have to say about this because you know, the Tony Nam day was the best day of my year. Like, that was, like, the best day of my entire year. I had the greatest day ever. And to make it all even better, though, like, it was so funny because, like, that day I had to go to scene shop, which I didn't want to do because I was so, like, running on, like, adrenaline from how excited I was about, like, everything happening. And then I got to scene shop. They had me do one thing that took me 10 minutes and then I got to leave. So I was just like purely just like thriving that day. Like it was like the best day ever. And so Tony Nom Day was the greatest day of my life. But the fact that we've never had a date, we never heard anything after it. They were just like coming soon the Tonys where are they at though like where's 
anything. And I, I thought that maybe it would be tied in with the NBC, like one night only best of Broadway thing. I thought we would have some sort of confirmation by them, if not them just throwing the Tonys <laughs> mixed well, that in That was just with... one giant fundraiser for BCEFA, or no, the Actors Fund. It was the Actors Fund, yeah. Um, which, great. Loved it. It was a lot of fun to watch. I had a lot of fun. I loved, like, seeing everybody that was on it. I thought that was, like, the coolest thing on the planet. Um, but... I was expecting like some sort of announcement at the end that was just like, this is when the Tonys are going to be, but we have nothing. But that was on NBC and the Tonys are always on CBS. Still, they couldn't have told us like, oh, speaking of Broadway. No, they wouldn't have. NBC would not advertise a CBS show. That's true. That's very true. The only time anybody advertises another show is if like on late night talk shows, if like... James Corden goes on Jimmy Kimmel and that's CBS to yeah. ABC. Like, that's it. That's but, true. That's very I true. I mean, I don't think they would advertise a full TV show I just on really, another network. Like, I... And maybe it's for selfish reasons. I don't know. I just would like <laughs> something. <laughs> I just want some sort of information whether it be a full ceremony, whether it be just like a, oh, hey, by the way, Adrian Warren won the Tony. Oh, hey, like, like just something. I just want just something, <laughs> anything. <laughs> like, I don't oh care anymore. I, and I'm, part of me is like, maybe they'll like tie it in and have like a whole thing when Broadway reopens this year or like something like that. But at the same time, I'm like, but at that rate, why didn't they just hold off on doing nominations? That's what I'm saying. They should have just done one giant 1920-21. That's true. 22. I agree. My favorite thing, though, is, like, um, I don't know if you saw it. The ensemblist was posting, like, you know, the Zazz generator <laughs> that happened? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They were posting all that stuff. And I got angry at this as well. A lot of people did. But then I read, like, their blog post, like, furthering their explanation of it when they said that like the 2020 Tony Award nominations were a joke or something like that I don't remember what it was I mean it kind of was like aside from well, plays aside for musicals like for musicals it was there were four eligible shows only three of them got any nominations and of that there was only one leading man like I truly don't think there was enough to be judged but my thing is, is like what bothered me about that is it was like all I could think about was the people who finally were able to get nominated and like like Robin Herter, like the way that that had to have stung them. Like that, that can't, like that's not something you want to hear the year that you finally get nominated. Like, you know oh, I mean? it's it, like a default, like. Yeah. Like, yeah, so sucks. it's not like a consolation. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that, because, like, that really, and I, I agreed with everything else the ensemble list was posting. Don't but the thing and is, I, it doesn't. I understood what they meant after their blog post and everything because they were saying like, oh, I wish that they, we were able to have the performances and how, and I understand that's, that made more sense to me. But it was when I first read it, I got angry for the people who were nominated. I think this is a very interesting like topic. And I, and I truly don't mean any like ill will, not ill will, but like, I don't, I don't mean anything 
cruel by this, but everyone who wins this year, there will be an asterisk. Like everybody who wins, there will, like regardless of whether or not they would have won in a full season, that's just not what we had this year. Or that's just not what was available. Like things are adapted for. It's like it's like with I like I think the 2020 baseball season. I love the obviously I'm a huge fan of the Dodgers. An asterisk like there wasn't it wasn't it was technically a full season but it was a shortened season. And some of the teams had to like drop out early. Some of the like shut me that so it was like. Whereas, like, with basketball, basketball technically got their full season. They just, like, delayed it, a, like, a really long time. And so, whereas baseball, the Dodgers, I do think, like, yeah, yes, they did win. They did win. But yeah. they won a, I shouldn't say, they won a non-typical year. And I think that's exactly yeah. what's going to happen with this Tony Awards. They won a... Like and this isn't anything against any of the works because the work they they did and will do when theater returns is the Tonys. How do I say this? It's just one group of people's opinions. Because if you think about it, think back two thousand three. No, sorry, two thousand four. What won Best Musical? Avenue Q. Not Wicked. Wicked, still running today. Wicked, likely a much, not likely, absolutely, a much larger fan base. Your award means nothing about your, or your award, or I should say, lack thereof award or nomination doesn't mean anything aside from will it sell tickets? Because that's what awards are. Yes, yes, you are right, and like, commending someone on their work, and yes, it is acknowledging someone for doing great work, but this is something that I have with, like, any award show, but especially the Tonys, how are you going to put a show, like, Come From Away, well, I always go back to 2017, how are you going to put a show, like, Come From Away, or, and, and Great Comet up, and they are wildly different yeah. than Dear Evan Hansen, yeah. that you're asking a small group of people to make that decision and it's it may or may not align with your personal opinion and again it all comes down to opinion it's not what is actually the best it's what these people thought which is why I think shows like the audience choice awards make more sense because those are the people voting right and like I think it's, it's I always think award shows are funny I used to love like film award shows I used to thrive over like the Oscars and Golden Globes um but like I've always been kind of like iffy on the winners because it's like it's all art and art is 1000% about the audience's perception of what's happening it's not always like oh this is the best because it's fact it's like this is the best because it just is like it's just like it's all subjective personally right like I personally this award season like if we were to have had like a normal Tony award season I I mean I still would have been Moulin Rouge is my number one show this season I would have been rooting for it no matter what however I do think that like maybe 
Tina deserves an award over Moulin Rouge or like something like there's always going to be exceptions to the best show because just because it wins like best musical doesn't mean it's best book doesn't mean it's best actor Mm -hmm. like whatever so like I don't know award shows are always just like so strange because everyone takes their word as God and it's like not and that's something and that's something that I think is so interesting like you say that because what determines the best musical it is the combination of the book of the score of Mm -hmm. the choreography of this of that so like yeah in a year I I think 2017 is always going to be the best example of this (laughs) in a year like 2017 best musical went to Dear Evan Hansen best choreography went to Bandstand as it should have best direction went to come from away best set design went to uh comet like that was a very like spread out year so if all of those other elements so then what made up the element to make dear van hansen best new musical score and book like is that it is that all you're judging it on so then should there even be a best musical option if what you're judging it on is the combination of all of these other awards or is it some like weird politics thing where it's like well we'll give it to this because we we know that this show will probably win but we want to make sure that this show has some sort of like credit or recognition even though or they're this like, one re- like, or like Darren Hansen uh, not to say that Darren Hansen isn't great it's not my thing but like not it's not my thing either like right not to say that's not great because it's good I like it but it's not my thing at all um so like not to say it's not good or anything but like was it decided to be the best musical because it was so impactful on younger on a younger generation full like riddled with mental illness (laughs) like was it like a nod to the fact that it was so impactful for people with anxiety and depression and all that good stuff that we all deal with all all those Um, chemical imbalances super fun um and like and saying that is it like okay so is that why shows like bandstand didn't get nominated as much because less people were able to fully identify with it and it was less impactful for a larger amount of people like you know what i mean like it's like did they decide it because of that and then exactly I mean and I don't know I don't know what and I'm not a Tony nominator and I'm not a Tony voter as much as I one day hope to be um I think we should just riot and put ourselves in the American theater wing because here's the thing (laughs) here's the thing is is and then that has nothing to do like I was saying earlier about Wicked, it has nothing to do about fan reaction because if fan reaction was anything, then Beetlejuice would have won everything last year. Because That's people true. loved Beetlejuice. What else was nominated last year? It was so long ago. I literally um, like I'm blanking on everything. I know it's well, Beetlejuice. I get, well, we're in 2021 now, so it's it was so it's two years ago. Uh, um, I know Beetlejuice, Hades Town. And Oklahoma was that year. What else did I see? Hadestown. I'm trying to like go over like what I saw on my trip. 
Yeah, because you saw like everything, didn't you? I saw a lot. King Kong. King Kong got a special Tony. I thought King Kong was... Oh, it did! I remember that because Danny Burstein <laughs> was like... During that... the 20th anniversary, was like on King Kong. Writing King Kong? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I loved that they had Aaron, Karen, and Danny doing like the special, like the... What was it? The what awards? Like the... The like special awards. The, the like tech awards, awards, special awards. Yeah, I loved that they had. I thought that was the cutest thing on the planet. Um, I thought that was so great. Original musicals for the 2019 season: Ain't Too Proud, Beetlejuice, Be oh, More okay. Chill, Share, Getting the Band Back Together, R.I.P. Um, oh. Hades Town, Head Over Heels, R.I.P. King Kong, R.I.P. Oh. Pretty Woman, The Prom, and Tootsie. The okay. Prom. Um, but yeah. So. I don't know what what the critics say and what the audience says are two very different things but we still live in a time where people will go to I don't, the the casual theater goer, goer I want to say yeah. because like you and I wouldn't care about reviews we'd care about like in fact, the people we, like, in the cast. we were, like, thanking God that Ben Brantley was, like, leaving. We, we, like, you and I are different. We'd see a show regardless of whether or not it had bad reviews. In fact, I might see a show because it had bad reviews. Because I love a train wreck. Yes. I mean, like, I love a train thing. wreck. And I love when a like... show has the courage to be bad. Yes. Um, Especially if it's on Broadway. Like, oh people my God, put yeah. so much money into that for it to be bad. Oh, my God. I think about that sometimes. I think a lot about, because, like, you said, like, the casual theater. Girl. I think about that a lot because I have, like, some family members that, like, are casual theater goers. Like, they've been to New York once in the last, like, 10 years, and they saw a whole bunch of shows, and they were like, oh, my God. But they saw all the, like, critically acclaimed shows. And so, the casual like, theater goer goes to New York and goes to see Chicago. Right. And so, like, I had a cousin who was, like, talking... This was three or four years ago. She was, like... Or, I guess, three years ago. She was, like, oh, like, we're... Like, I'm thinking about taking a trip to New York. Um, this was just before she married my cousin. Um, so, she's cousin by marriage. I should preface that. I call her my cousin because I'm close with her. But yeah. um, she... This was at her bridal shower... And um, she was like, oh, we're thinking about taking a trip to New York, like, a few months after we get married, whatever, just, like, to go and, like, see a couple shows. She was like, what shows should we see? And so, like, I was listing off all the shows that, like, I wanted to see that I thought were, like, what they would enjoy as well. You gotta know your audience. Yeah. And so she was like, oh, well, like, we were thinking about Dear Evan Hansen because, like, I'm obsessed with, like, Ben Platt. And I was like, (sighs) like, I was just, like, sitting there and I was like, and at that point you go Ben Platt's not even in the sh- right like anymore. I was like Ben's not even in it anymore but sure and she's like well I like love listening to the cast album and I was like okay yeah like I mean yeah go see Jared Hansen that's fine fine but like I was sitting there like listing off all these other shows and she had no idea what I was talking about and I was like I'm trying to enlighten you like I'm trying to like that's what I th- that's the thing it's like I one time I had I had somebody ask me, like a manager that I worked for, um, asked me like, oh, you like theater? Like, what's your favorite show? And I wasn't going to just be like, oh, you know what? I fucking love Pippin. Right. I, you have to say, you have to say something that like 
if you you, you have to know your are like yes you can say I love Pippin and they're gonna be like what the hell is Pippin right um or you can just say oh you know I there's a lot I can't I can't pick one you know I, I love some of the some of the the classics I love I love Wicked I love that like that's that's Wicked is always like a good one for me just to go to then Hamilton yeah. came out and I was like I love Hamilton and that one wasn't yeah. like a lot and then like a lot of people knew it so it's easy for you to be like oh Hamilton I love Hamilton and they're like mm-hmm. oh yeah I know what you're talking about whereas like mm-hmm. I have the issue where if I'm on like a hinge or something um and a guy <laughs> like I have it on I literally have a prompt on my hinge I've, I've shown it to you Katie you know what I'm talking about I have a prompt that says, well, let me pull up my profile. My profile is wild. Yeah. You got to know your audience when you're talking about theater. Oh, yeah. Or I used to have a prompt. I deleted it. Like, I changed it. I used to have a prompt that was like, um, I'll, like, consider going on a date with you if, and I filled in, like, you can name one musical that isn't, like, super, like, stereotypical or, like, something, like, something along those lines. <laughs> And someone responded, Dear, someone responded with Dear Evan Hansen. Okay. I think I messaged you about it. I think I texted you about it, but it made me laugh so hard because like I matched with him just to see, like hear him out. Like just to be like, why did you say Dear Evan Hansen? Like per chance, like what was the reasoning? And so he was like, oh, it's just like the only musical I know. And I was like, cool. Have you heard like, next to normal like I was like trying to be like oh if you like Darren Hansen here's like next to normal um and he's which like, is a good like which is a very good like set not segue but like very good lead-in like hey you should probably right. if you like that try instead this. of like judging him I was trying to be like oh okay like maybe try out this if that's like the only show that you know or I'm next like, to normal is like. so good it is <gasps> but sometimes I'm just like thing. I just need to get all of my feels out and listen to next to normal like mood <clears throat> my favorite thing to do though with guys is like if they ask me what my favorite musical is and the conversation isn't going well I automatically tell them like my, my genuine list <laughs> of like my favorite musicals. So I'm like, oh, Company, Assassins, West Side Story, Bandstand, Catch Me If You Can. And they're always like, mm-hmm. I know none of those. Like they're like, I don't know any of those. And then like occasionally I'll get someone who's like, oh, I know West Side Story. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yes, yeah, everyone. Knows. I'm sure you yes. do. <laughs> Like, yes, of course. Um, and my favorite thing is like, there's this one guy, I said company and he, he was like, oh yeah, I've heard of that one. And I was like, oh, okay. I was like, have you like listened to it or like whatever? And he was like, oh yeah, I listened to it once. And he was like, I just thought it was really stupid. And I was like, oh, um, what? why? <laughs> like, I was like, never heard that I'm gonna need explanation on this like I'm sitting here like with my brain being like company is the perfect musical why do you not like it (laughs) I genuinely cannot fathom someone not loving company so I was like oh why do you say that like that's weird and he literally goes I just thought it was really stupid because why would you write a musical being so against relationships and marriage and so I responded with oh so you just didn't get it that's when you gotta be like oh so like it's not actually about that it's actually about the complete opposite if you listen to the song being alive or marry me a little like you get it that it's it's about like I was like deciding he wants that right like I was like oh so you just didn't get it and he's like no I got it and I was like 
I think you need to go back and listen to it again. And he literally unmatched with me immediately <gasps> after. And I was like, that's fine. That's I was going to unmatch him anyways. <laughs> I was like, goodbye. <laughs> no, thank you. And I like went into the living or I went to like the kitchen and I told, this was like not even that long ago. This is like maybe two weeks ago. <gasps> and like, I actually, this is probably like a week ago. And my, I like ran into the kitchen and I told my dad, I was like, you will not believe what just happened. And so like, I told him and he was like, okay, where does he live? Like, do we need to go? and like visit him and like <laughs> my dad was like fully ready to murder this man for trash talking a Sondheim musical <laughs> and that's how you know he's whereas, my dad <laughs> whereas my dad is like Sondheim has no melody and then I literally just start singing from um and then I just start singing from um uh Mary Lee Rolong it's not a tune you can hum it's not a tune you go bum 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 de dum. You need a tune to go bum 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 de dum. Give me a melody. Yes. And I, I will go my and like do that entire Sondheim. part. <laughs> and I'm like, my you're just all Sondheim of the Sondheim critics. Yes. My favorite Sondheim insult, though, is someone once told me, like in a theater class, someone once told me that Stephen Sondheim, um, Oh God, what, what, I can't remember like the exact wording, but it was essentially that Stephen Sondheim is like constantly on a soapbox. And I was like, he is. And you know why? As he because should he knows be. he's always right. Like he is valid. He deserves to be on that soapbox because he knows more than we will ever know about anything. <laughs> like, how dare you? I was like, this man who didn't get into a relationship until he was like 60, 65, I'm pretty sure. That's going to be me. Like he was, he was never in a, right. Like he was never in a relationship till he was 60, 65 or something like that. And it was like his first ever relationship. And he was like, and it happened to be with a man. And I was like laughing at it. Cause I was just like, I love how he said, and it happened to be with a man. And like, he literally wrote company pre this happening. And I'm like, and we all were just like, yes, this man knows exactly what he's talking about when it comes to relationships. And he literally does having never been in a serious relationship before at all Song, when he wrote I was definitely in my feels listening to marry me a little a couple days ago like I'm pretty oh. sure I sent you just snaps of me singing it and I was just you like you did and I was like crying just hearing it make a mm. few demands I'm able to fulfill able to fulfill I love like well, my the, the, the line the line want me more than others but not exclusively uh, that's the way it ought to be i'm like yes uh, like steven sondheim did that like he just like writes these things and we're just like that line gets me going i'm just like <gasps> it's so good like it's so good and my favorite thing so my cousin the other night um we were talking about like musicals because um downtown where i'm from um in kentucky the regional theater company has started doing this cute little thing called mini golf on broadway um because the theater is like on broadway like it's on the street called broadway yeah um i don't know why i explained i'm that like before. i get it I yeah it. i don't know why i over explained <laughs> we got we got one of them here in la too <laughs> right so um and they do like backstage mini golfing and I want to do it, but I'm not going to get a chance to before I have to go back to um, Virginia. But he went and did it with his wife and like a couple other people that they know. 
and it's all like he was like it was super safe like he was like there was literally like markers for standing six feet apart from like everyone like he was like I felt more comfortable in there than I've felt anywhere <laughs> like he was like it was so so safe so um and it's literally just your group in there like it's like they only do two a day and it's like three days out of the week that they do it so it's like super COVID friendly and super safe and they do like little trivia parts to it so like if you get like if you almost get a hole in one, you get to answer a trivia question and it'll count as a hole in one. And like, it's like the coolest thing on the planet. <laughs> and if you get a hole in one- We love manipulating one, rules. Yes. And then if you get a hole in one, you get your name on like the marquee outside the theater, which is like super, super cute. So I was like asking, I was like, oh, like what kind of trivia questions were there? And he was saying like, there was a lot of like really basic ones. <laughs> like he was like the phantom question was like, who sings like angel of music or whatever. And I was like- that was the Gosh. question and he was like yeah and I was like oh god okay <laughs> like I was like all right so we were talking about <laughs> so we were talking about musicals and he was like like what he was like what's your favorite musical and I knew he would like look into it if I told him so I was like oh it's company I was like that's like my all-time favorite musical so he looked it up and he was like, okay, I'll play a song from it. And I was like, no, 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 that's okay. You don't need to do that right now. And he was like, no, I'm going to do it. He's like, if you like it, like you'll like, we can listen to it. I was like, no, 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 we don't need to listen to it like right now. And he like turns it on and he hits shuffle. And I was like, first of all, what kind of a psychopath hits shuffle the first time they're <laughs> listening to a musical? It's like, what are you doing? Like, I was like, what is this? So he hit shuffle and Bang Alive came on and I like, grabbed his phone. And I was like, no, 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 let's just not. <laughs> You're like, I'm going to uh, burst into tears. Right, like, I was like, you don't understand. I cry just thinking about this song. Like, I was like, let's not do this. So like, literally, what was it? Like two weeks ago, whenever we were filming, I literally started weeping, thinking about Katrina Lynx and being alive. <laughs> Jill, I swear to God, you and I have to see that show together. We have to. Um, but then my favorite thing is that he was like, okay, what's a more upbeat musical that like you'll want to listen to right now, like while we're hanging out? And I was like, oh, let's listen to Moulin Rouge because like I knew he would enjoy it because um, his sister is my cousin that paid for me to go and see it in Boston. <laughs> she's like, cause she was obsessed with the movie. And, um, and we had talked about the movie earlier and like a really funny story about her in college which was like Did right I, after the movie came out I don't know if I said it story so good I don't know if I said it on this podcast but when I saw the show in Boston I had never seen the movie before and I yeah. leaned over to my friend like a couple songs in and I go oh this is a jukebox musical <laughs> but like my favorite thing is he was like okay let's listen to Moulin Rouge so he turns on the movie playlist the movie soundtrack which made me laugh first of all because I was like I'm talking about the musical but let's listen to the movie play like soundtrack I'm fine with that too like whatever so he turns it on and like the first song that he plays is Roxanne and I was like no no no, you gotta listen to the Broadway Roxanne I was like we gotta listen to like the music like, mm, I'm sorry I'm gonna need to like like we need to listen to Aaron Tveit I love Jose de Feliciano don't get me wrong but I was like I need Aaron Tveit right now so I grabbed his phone and like I turned it on and he goes oh so he's like Broadway <laughs> which made me laugh so you hard you mean that clear like, tenor 
Yeah. Yes. I was like, yes, he is. I was like, and I love it. And I was like, and he was like, oh, so you like that type of like Broadway actor. I was like, what does that mean? I was like, what? And he was like, who's your favorite Broadway actor? And I was like, Gavin Creel. And he was like, so Broadway. <laughs> Baby, I fucking love Gavin Creel. Oh well, Gavin God. Creel's the reason, he's low key the reason that I love theater so much. Him is because of Ella Louise at Christmas time. When I when I saw Hello Dolly on Broadway, um, oh my oh my god, it's been three years. That was a long time ago. Because I saw it January twenty eighteen, three years ago. I cannot believe it's been three years. Um, we, I, in the back of my head, I knew he had won the Tony for the role, but his, so his character of Cornelius truly just like pops out of a box at the beginning. <laughs> like he makes his entrance popping out of a box yeah and then he got this like massive cheer and I was like why are people like I forgot in my head like in my head I forgot people knew who he was <laughs> like I'd forgotten that he had won the Tony for this role Every that I was currently I seeing I literally forget that Gavin Creel is like mainstream <laughs> because I'm like, no, he's Bill and Eloise. <laughs> like, because I've known him since I was like three because of Eloise. Like, I've known of, or four, sorry, since Eloise. So, like, my brain, every time someone's like, oh my God, Gavin Creel, I'm like, oh, you know who Gavin Creel is? And they're like, yeah. <laughs> he's like, a big like Broadway vet like what are you talking about mm -hmm. and I just look like an idiot because I think that like I'm a hipster or something for knowing who Gavin Crow is he he popped out so he like pops up like that everyone's like whoa and I'm like why is everyone cheering him so much and I'm like oh shit he won a Tony for the role that I'm currently watching him play literally um because he like obviously he didn't get as big of a standing ovation or like as big of an ovation uh, as Bernadette did, because that's who well, was my naturally. dolly when I saw it. Yeah. But I was just like, because I had seen him in uh, She Loves Me, and he didn't get, like, that big of a reaction. He's so good, and She Loves Me. He was. He was. I rewatched that the other day, and I was like, ugh. And I was just like, oh. He, it took me a minute to process. I was like, oh, shit, people love Gavin Creel like I do. In <laughs> fact, um... I had a supervisor at one of my internships hand me like a CD. He goes, this is for you. Cause we had like discussed some things and he was also like a, a fan of Broadway and he handed me a CD and the CD consisted of Gavin Creel's EP and then title and just like the title of show album. Like he had burned the CD Stop. for me and I was like, <laughs> this is so sweet. That's the cutest. I love that. Oh, yeah. another Broadway actor that's tied with my love for Gavin Creel is Raul Lisparza. Mm. yeah the way that I would risk it all for that man <laughs> oh my gosh my friends are so sick of Raul Esparza because I will not shut up about him at any given moment of my life like they're tired of Raul Esparza they're tired of Aaron Tveit they're tired <laughs> like there are so many people that my friends are just like I never want to hear this name ever again and it doesn't help that Raul Esparza is about to be back in SVU like it doesn't help the situation <laughs> oh because I saw the preview for like his next like for his first episode back and I was in the car with my friend you don't know SVU 
like at all, no. but like I love us to be more than anything. I watch it every day. Is that um, one with iced tea? Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> um, so I was like watching the promo and like Barba's like my favorite character in SVU ever. Like he's the best. And he's been gone for like three years. So <laughs> imagine me sitting in a car with my friend while running errands. And my other friend DMs me a video from Raul Esparza's Instagram. And she says, Jill, you will not believe it. You are literally going to die. And I was like, whatever could this be? So I open up the video and I start uncontrollably weeping. Like I could not breathe properly because I was crying so freaking hard. And my friend pulled the car over and she was like, what is happening? And I was like, um, <laughs> Barbara's back. <laughs> and she hasn't watched SVU in like six years. So she has no idea what I'm talking about. And she was like, what is this? And I was like, like, I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. I was like losing my freaking mind. And so I immediately texted my roommate back in Virginia, who's like equally as obsessed with SVU as I am. And I was like, Evan, it's back. Evan, he's back. Evan, it's all happening. Everything's happening again. Everything's going to be good again. Like I was like, 2021 is our year just because of this. Like I was like, we are going to be so alive in 2021 we are going to be thriving and she was like what is going on like she was like what the hell is happening right now and all I did was dm her like the video from Raul's Instagram page and she texted me she said Jill we are here (laughs) we are thriving (laughs) and I was like if that tells you anything about how psycho I am (laughs) with like SVU (laughs) and just Raul Esparza in general oh god I'm thinking about uh, the Sondheim 90th birthday concert and just like, (laughs) it's tech issues the entire time and he was just talking and none of his, none of his audio was working. And his face, whenever he realized, was like like, the most, that was like the the epitome of 2020 and it happened in the first week of the shutdown. (laughs) It no, it so happened. It happened about a month and a half after the shutdown because it was like April. 30th. It was April. It's April. That's yeah. my bad. Yeah, it was like still even then. That's the most 2020 thing to happen. <laughs> it was yeah. like at the beginning of everything. <laughs> and not to mention, not to mention the fact that it like kept getting delayed and getting delayed and getting delayed. <gasps> my dad was laughing. Like we were like an hour from it when it was supposed to have started. My dad was like, this is very Broadway. Like it was like live theater. <laughs> People on Twitter were just like, well, like anything, you know, takes a little time. People are yelling places, stage managements and yeah. blah, blah. Oh God, anyway. it was so, I remember like getting like Twitter notifications from like everyone because that's the most active Aaron Tveit has been on Twitter since Brain Dead finished airing. And it made me laugh so hard because he kept tweeting and he was like, don't worry guys, it's still happening. And we were all just like, yeah like it'll happen just like we know it will when... but it'll be when i'm supposed to be asleep <laughs> like i was like it's bedtime <laughs> Go get this roll. meanwhile it was like 5 8 5 p.m for me i'm like i know I'm it was like, i think it was like 9 30 9 45 before it even started like <laughs> i was just like drunk because <laughs> wow. i had started the evening i was like oh i need like a vodka something because sondheim company hello so i was like vodka oh i need something stinger. with vodka in it and I like went and I made myself a beverage and then I just kept making myself more beverages. 
until it's Bebrogino. I didn't get as drunk though, but there was a moment I Snapchatted you this. I found the video the other day. That was so long ago. I Snapchatted it to so many people, but you were one of them. And it was literally me reacting to the ladies who lunch. (laughs) (laughs) And it was my favorite thing is I was whispering because my parents were asleep, like down the hallway. So like that was was, like Meryl and Audra and and Christine Baranski and um who else? It was just the three of them, wasn't it? I think it was. I think I'm Meryl, Audra, and Christine. Baranski. She's the only one that gets a last name. Yes, because she's perfect and I love her. Um, But like my favorite thing is I was watching the video and I was like whispering because my parents were asleep and I literally was like, oh my god, that's Audra McDonald. Oh my god. Like I was like, oh my god, Audra McDonald singing Ladies Who Lunch. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. And then like five seconds later I was like, that's Meryl fucking Streep. Like I was like, that's Meryl Streep. Like I was like, what is happening? And then like Christine Baranski and I was like, like I was like, that's Christine Baranski. Like I was like losing my mind over it <laughs> and the video is so funny and then there's like a video of me reacting to Jake Gyllenhaal showing up and I was like Jake Gyllenhaal <laughs> and then that video started because I sent that video to my sister and that video started her boyfriend calling me Jake Gyllenhaal mm. that's a new nickname he wrote that on my Christmas gift okay that's, and I was like I was like what a dream for me <laughs> No disrespect to Jake Gyllenhaal, I love him, but like that's an excessive. Oh, the Taylor, <laughs> the Taylor Swift stands, like the Swifties, they are very much anti Jake Gyllenhaal. Whereas I am I'm not. Like, I don't care. I adore that man so much. I don't care. I'm like, eh. Or I adore oh. him as an actor. I don't really know anything about him. I just love him so much as an actor. He's one of those actors I- that like I follow for his career and nothing else. I don't know if I've ever seen anything Jake Gyllenhaal has ever done. What? Like, aside from Don like, Mulaney. Has I not seen, like, Mulaney Zodiac? Back lunch? Nope. You need to watch Zodiac. It's so good. Did not seen Zodiac, whatever that movie he was in. The Nightcrawler movie. Nope. Um, oh, he played, like, the kid at the end of um, City Slickers. I saw that because I, <laughs> <laughs> I love Billy Crystal so much. Did you see Natalie Walker tweeted the other day? She was, or yesterday, she was watching um, When Harry Met Sally and she was like, Who's the woman in When Harry Met Sally? What's her name? Meg Ryan. Meg Ryan. I'm sorry. I'm oh my God. Exhausted. In this book, they have a Meg Ryan like marathon and they start with Do When they Harry really? Met Sally. And I was like, ah, Yes, this That's book is so funny. Perfect. Um, see, when anybody listening, Ryan, what I'm talking about is Beach Read by Emily Henry. Um, when I think of Meg Ryan, all I can think of is like Anastasia. Anastasia. Um, but like she tweeted, she's like, I just can't stop thinking about how Meg Ryan is just like so disgustingly beautiful and Billy Crystal is not. <laughs> so like she was like, disclosure. he's so ugly. And it made me laugh so hard because I all I thought about was you and how much you love that movie and Billy I'm, Crystal. I love Billy Crystal. Full disclosure, I but when Harry Met Sally is my favorite movie. It is my comfort movie. I yes. truly have been falling asleep to it uh for the past couple nights Valid. because I love it so much. Um it's just it's truly just like a beautiful to look at movie. There are very much, like, some problematic tendencies in it. Um, Like, yeah, Harry can be kind of a dick. Um, Uh, Yeah. And I'm not sure 
there's like, like so like the running line of when Harry met Sally for anybody who doesn't know this movie came out in 1989 so like I I don't know I love the movie my dad showed it to me he was just like he was like here you should watch this and I said thank you this is all mine now this is all I care about <laughs> like the background of my phone like not my lock screen but like my home screen when Harry met Sally um, and I remember you lost it over that photo shoot of Laura Osnes and Corey Cott that was very when Harry met Sally. I, it's what I love. When Harry met Sally, the premise of it is these two people, they um, keep, like, running into each other over periods of their life. They, like, they drove from Chicago to New York together, and then they met again, like, five years later, and then they decide that, no, they meet, like, five years later, and then they're like, we are not friends. We can't be friends. They meet, like, two years after that or, like, five years after that, and then they're like, let's be friends. But so the premise of it is like, can men and women be friends? Um, personally, there's like a line, bless you. Thank you. <laughs> there's like a line, there's a line that Harry says in it and he goes, men and women can't be friends because the sex always gets in the way. And, you know, and Sally, she, Sally played by Meg Ryan, she disagrees with that. She's like, none of like my male friends want to have sex with me. And he goes, you just don't think they do, but they do. It's very much because it was kind of like a, a co-authorship it was like a Nora Ephron wrote the screenplay but it was also heavily influenced by Rob Reiner's life yeah there is like it's almost like them both kind of telling this like it's it's Meg Ryan or not it's Nora Ephron but it is also like bits of um Rob Reiner and you know when I was younger I was like no men and women can be friends but as I've grown up I'm like I don't know if I have any male straight friends Really? Like my my male friends are gay. Like the ones that I talk to on a normal basis. Not that I not that I have tons of friends. Most of my friends are women, but like the men in my life are gay. I have see, I have a good amount of like male friends who are gay. Um, but like my three guy friends um back at school, they're all straight and like my sister literally thought for the longest time that like I was secretly in love with one of them and I was like no he's like my brother like it's like the weird like so like I'm used to having like straight guy friends and so I don't know like that's interesting I've never thought about it but like I've never like like, wanted I mean I love my guy friends I think that they're all attractive shout out to Jeremiah he's like the hottest man in my life and I will never date him because gross um but like (laughs) plus he's like happily in a relationship and I would never they're like perfect together but (laughs) but like um I just like I've never really thought about it I guess I don't really think about those things yeah I mean I feel like I don't know like I don't doubt that it can happen because like I know people who are like that I know men who have close women friends and they're just friends but like for me person I think it comes down to the person for me personally, right. I don't have that. And I think it's also because I read far too many romance books that are like friends to lovers situations. Yeah. Um, so in my head, I'm like, no, it always, like the sex always gets in the way. Right. That's fair. That's a good point. Anyway, uh, When Harry Met Sally, I love it. I do. There are some parts where I'm just like, ooh, that joke wouldn't fly in 2020, but it also yeah. it was from 1989. Right. Which I think that's like, a lot of stuff is like that. Like, I say this a lot. I don't like The Office because it's just 
I don't get no people who think the office is better than parks and recreation are just wrong literally because what I stand by this I think that the office I think the office is funny I've watched it a couple times I think it's hilarious but I think the biggest difference and this is just like a personal preference I think the biggest difference is like parks and rec doesn't try to be funny in every aspect that it is funny like sometimes it just is but the office relies on like offensive jokes and it relies on certain it's things very much where trying to be funny. Like it's like written to be funny, whereas Parks and Rec is just like naturally hilarious. I think, I think that the office, the, this is my own interpretation of it. I think the office is funny. Um, I, I don't like some aspects of it. I don't like a lot of aspects of it. I don't like um, a lot of the characters. I, yeah, and I think, I think it's intentionally that way though, because you're the, when you work in an office situation, you don't like everyone you work with. You know, That's true. I think it's, I think it's, but I do think that the office is real in the fact that for its time, those were the jokes that like That's people true. would make. Right. People were less sensitive people were in more insensitive back then to a person's feelings and and and, you know it's not a bad thing that people have started caring more about another person's feelings it doesn't mean you've gotten soft it means you've gotten like more respectful yeah anyway so but so I do think that the office is real in that that's the way it was it's the way it was yeah but I don't I don't like the whole people are like oh my god I love Jim and Pam they're the best I'm like I don't they're care the for worst Jim. couple Jim is mean Jim, he is mean he's a bully he's, he's rude Whereas, and like, like with Pam he's just like very like he gets really jealous really easily for no reason he is like that being said I still watch the very, well yeah he's just insanely overprotective in like the weirdest way to me like it just was always very uncomfortable for me personally to watch like I never really enjoyed that relationship yeah whereas like on Parks and Rec something I think Uh, that was really interestingly done is that when characters got together they stayed together like it was never like a will they won't they like yes there was that with Leslie and Ben in the beginning but once they got together it was like we are together and like Chris and Anne and Chris and Anne, they got together and they broke up, but then they got back together again because they realized, like, no, why did we ever break up? That was weird. Like, well, it wasn't so much, it wasn't so much, well, I personally don't think it was so much that. It was more of, like, they grew as individuals after their breakup. That's true, yeah. And then they yeah. came together as, like, actually, I think this would work now. Yeah. Now we're in the right time of our life. And then, like, April right. and Andy, like, that was just perfect. And I They really... literally were together for three months and then got married. Like, <laughs> like the funniest like oh it's so and they funny. got married kind of like as a joke they're just like that's so right like they're like what else do we have to do let's get married like, the thing i love about parks and rec is every character truly cares for the others yes like everyone i mean obviously there's a whole like jerry larry gary like side whole thing yeah. but like but like leslie and ron very much care for each other and care about each other and would do anything to protect each other regardless of how different they are they are still yeah. very much like you are they're they're friends yeah that's the difference between parks and rec and the office it's like these people are friends they and the other one they're they, co-workers like it's like there's a huge co- and like yes 
I've, I've been lucky enough to be parts of organizations where I am friends with my coworkers, but mm-hmm. like, I also have worked other places where I'm just like, I'm not really a big fan of you. Right. And like the other thing with Parks and Rec that I love is like one of my favorite things that Ben and Leslie do is whenever they say I love you, they say I love you and I like you. And a lot of people think that that's just like some weird like quirky thing. I'm like, that means something though, because Mm -hmm. you can love someone but not like them. Like I was like, that's like such like a part, like, oh God, it makes me so happy. Like (laughs) I love when they say Mm -hmm. that so much. Leslie and Ben are very much like in love and they stay in love throughout the series and they grow Mm -hmm. as a couple and it's they don't they don't get together until they realize like no this is because they're also very much like concerned about their careers yeah like this is what I want and if you if you notice like certain things that are said about their ages like they waited to like Mm -hmm. until they were old like they got together later in life not like not like 60 like Stephen Sondheim but like (laughs) the Leslie's like in her mid-30s yeah and so is Ben and they get together and they still like are able to have this fulfilling life they're able to like they're very much yeah they're very much a team and that's what I love is like they are very much a team like I love um my other favorite thing is I talk I point this out a lot when I watch Parks and Rec um, and my friends think it's something just like super weird that I pick up on, but um, but it's something that matters to me because this is something that like I've dealt with in my life. It's like when you are like friends with someone, even like not even in a romantic relationship, just like friends with someone. And they also, don't... I just realized. Sorry, I just realized that yeah. I said personally, I don't think men and women can be friends, and then I went on like Ben and or Leslie and Broad are friends. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even think about it. Um, but like something that. I've always loved about it is like Leslie um she caters everything that she does to all of her friends needs and wants and likes and like whenever you are friends even just friends with someone I'm in a romantic relationship even if you're just friends with someone and you don't understand why they love something so much or you don't fully understand like why they're like so obsessed with this thing or something like that and then but you still make every effort <laughs> to like to support it to support it that is so important to me because I try to do that as best I can with my friends because my friends are everything to me my friends are my entire world like I would be nowhere if I didn't have my friends and um which a lot of people think it's weird that I'm not so family oriented but I'm like my family has been huge <laughs> like and it's so hard to like be best friends with your entire family when it's as big as mine is so like I've always just been very friend oriented like they've always been my biggest supporters like my friends are always my biggest supporters and so like I'm so close with my friends and so like my friends all of my friends somehow I don't know how this happened to me but all of my friends love anime and I don't get it like I don't understand anime. I understand anime but like I don't purse it's not for me at all like I've tried I've watched like 10 of them I don't understand them um and so I think that some of them are very beautiful, but I don't personally get it. Like, I'm just like, this is not for me. And like my friends respect that and they get it. But like whenever they come over to like, sometimes the guys will come over and do their laundry at our place or something. And they'll be like, oh, I need to work on homework. So how about you guys turn on something? And then like, they'll turn on anime and I'll try to watch it. Cause I'm like, I want to be interested. If you guys are interested in this, like I want to try it out. Cause like I make you guys sit through musicals. I can't just like, 
pick pick and choose what like I support and everything and so that's like one of my favorite things though is because like in high school all of my friends were the worst and I didn't have good friends that like were supportive of my hyperfixations the way that I do now and I really really appreciate that something I think is so interesting and I am so happy that that like you've that that is something that's happened in your life and you've been able to grow something with your friends something I think is so weird is like you know sometimes when you are I shouldn't say this is true for anybody else aside from me when I was 13 12 13 14 um it was like my I was like it was very tough for me but I also because I started noticing that I was into like things that my friends weren't really into and not that they didn't like it but like they they like if, for me it was whatever it's like all I could talk about like it's my hyperfixation yeah so I would try to like talk about other things and therefore I would try to make myself like things that I didn't really care about like yeah. I have I have these like I went to certain concerts that I was like, oh my God, I love them. And now I'm just like, I don't know what I was thinking. Like, I did not actually really care that much. Yeah. Um, and, and it's because I so desperately wanted to like what other people like. I so desperately wanted to like have friends. Like my freshman year of high school, it was truly a mess. It was like, it was the hardest thing. I One of the hardest things I've ever had to deal with was uh, my freshman year of high school. Yeah. Anyway, um, so having people that like understand you and and can care even if they don't aren't as interested in other things I think is very important and it's very tough sometimes to find that but I feel like as you get older or I should say as I've gotten older you know two of my best friends we are like all three of us wildly different people that like very very different people but yet we still enjoy each other's company and we're just like you know what you are wild you go enjoy you go wild out like you're fine have fun you you're a little you need to like take a break take like take several steps back like understand that not everything is like so tough and then for me I'm like I need to just calm down because I I what I my um my my like my my um oh my god my motto for like 2020, I just started saying it a lot, was just like, I live in hyperbole. Everything is like <laughs> way up here or way down here. Like yes. there's no in between. I live in hyperbole. Yes. I love that. But yeah. Anyway, I don't know how we started talking about this. I but um, But I agree because like I stopped loving theater as much. Cause like I grew up loving Greece, <laughs> as you know. <laughs> like I grew up like obsessed with like Greece and hairspray and Mamma Mia and like theater stuff. And then like I fell out of it because I was like, that's not something that I can do. Like I was like, that's not something tangible for me. So I started like fixating on film and like because I've always loved film anyways, because like my first introduction to theater was movies. And um so then I started doing like getting more into film and so I was like oh I want to make films I didn't want to make films like I realized like I was like I went six years of my life thinking I wanted to make movies for the rest of my life and like now I'm just like why would I ever think that that was something I wanted to do like it was so opposite and so 
but that like completely transformed my life in high school because I was in media arts in high school. I um, was making short films and stuff for class. Like I was like doing all the stuff and all my friends were on the same track. Like they were all doing the same thing. And now a lot of the people that I was friends with in high school are still doing that in college. Whereas I'm like PR and theater. <laughs> I was like, that's not for me ever. And like, I looked back about a year ago and like my friend and I were talking and we were just like, why was I ever in media arts? Why did I ever think I wanted to make films and move out to LA and like all this stuff? Like I was like, my whole life has always been New York. Like since I was a kid, like I was like, why did I ever for a second think I wanted to live in LA? <laughs> it's so weird. Um, here, me. let me say this. California is the best state. New York is the best city. I don't think that I would like LA. Like really thinking about it. I don't think you would like I would like to visit come visit but, like me, in Jill. my brain I will but like <laughs> in my pandemic's brain, over yes but also in my brain I was like why would I think I could live there like that was like my whole thing is I was like yeah I would like to visit LA but I'm like no I need to live in New York like <laughs> it's always been like my end game that's where I need to be for the rest of my life I don't know I love LA um I do I don't it's it's this weird thing where it's like I used to want to say that I'm from LA even though I'm not um yeah I because it was the easiest if somebody it's this weird thing where it's like if somebody from outside of California asks me if I'm on vacation or somewhere someone asks me where I'm from I used to just say oh I'm from LA because it was so much easier than like explaining where I'm actually from um, but it also kind of always felt like a lie, um, cause I'm not even from LA County. Like it's where I live. It's I'm on the border of like five different counties. I get all of the, the alerts for all of them anyway. <laughs> um, I, but so it always felt like a lie. So like I, so something I've started doing is just say like, oh, I'm from California. They go, oh, like where? And we go, oh, you know, like Southern California. And if they keep pressing, I'll like explain where I'm from. But, like, I don't need everybody knowing where I'm from. Um, See. So, so I, I used to say that I'm, but, but at the same time, I still do have these, like, emotional ties to L.A., partially because um, I spent the first 14 years of my life going to school in L.A. County, and then I went to public school where I live and then I went to like college in Los Angeles like I went my I went to Cal State LA like I do have like a lot of ties to LA plus it's like the nearest major city all of our like I've always it's this weird like line where it's like you there there was this I heard somebody once say you you're from where you fly out of and I'm like, oh, yeah. cool. So then, like, I fly out of LAX. Like, that's it. And then I started yeah. flying out of, like, another airport. And I'm like, I feel like I can't say that anymore. Um, it always makes me laugh because, like, whenever you said that, that was, like, weird to me because I was like, but I'm not from Cincinnati. Because <laughs> that's, like, the main <laughs> airport that I fly out of. And I'm like, I'm literally listening- from Kentucky, but I fly out of Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so I heard somebody say that once and I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. And that's another way I could like emotionally tie myself to LA. Plus it was just this whole like internal struggle that I was having where I wanted to be from where everybody wants to be. You know, it was like the one thing that I, yeah. I could have like superiority over. I'm like, well, I'm from LA. 
I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> I just, yeah. so I, I just say like, oh, you know, I'm from Southern California. It's just where I, it's my default. And even then it still yeah. feels like I'm from where you want to be. But like Brandy Melville, yeah. <laughs> Brandy Melville had this, <sighs> I once saw, I once saw a shirt that they had. I was, I went into a Brandy Melville once years ago and there was once a shirt that said like California, you flew here, we grew here. And oh, I've like, seen oh, that. Yes, love that. And it, it and it's it holds up that like that like el- elitism. Oh yeah. But I don't know. This whole last year, last couple of years, I've been like trying to like reckon with myself. Like, stop lying to yourself. Yeah. You know. Especially See, like. like I say, like, if someone asks where I'm from, and I say Kentucky, and they're like, oh, where in Kentucky? I'm like, you have no idea where I'm gonna, like, what I'm gonna say. So I just say Lexington, because I've spent most of my time in Lexington anyways, because, like, I'm so close to it that, like, I grew up in Lexington, essentially. Um, And also, I have PTSD from my hometown, so I try not to, like, associate (laughs) myself with it. Um, And so it's always funny, because, like, the people that know like what Lexington is they're always like oh horses and I'm just like the horse capital of the world yes thank you (laughs) (laughs) and it makes me laugh so hard every time there was something the other day that was like um what was I watching or like talking I was talking to someone or I saw a video or something or someone sent me a video and they were talking about how they were like in the raisin um Oh my god, raisin country. I was watching was the high like? school musical, the musical, the series holiday special. That's what I was watching. Someone in it, I don't know who it was, someone in it said that they were from like the raisin capital of the world or something. And it made me laugh so hard because I was watching it with um my sister and we both looked at each other and we were like, we're from the horse capital of the world. So what does that <laughs> say about us? <laughs> it makes me laugh every single time. Oh God. That's so funny. I've never I mean, owned a horse. I've ridden a horse once in my life. <laughs> like I hate horses. <laughs> So back to Broadway, um, wild speculations. <laughs> yeah. Any more wild speculations you have for this year? Um, when do you think Diana the Pro Shot's going to be released? I'm hoping soon. I'm excited about it. Um, I don't know why. In my head, I was like, oh, it's going to be released in January. Yeah, in my like- head, it was December, January for some reason. I think that they had originally said something about December, but then they, like, lied. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, I remember hearing December in like relation I feel like I remember I feel like I remember I feel like I remember January like I feel like I was thinking December I feel like they said December and then like the prom release date was December so they were like that's too much theater that's too much power we need to not we can't give them everything at once we We can't give them them everything we have to to make them pay for another month uh yeah. yeah um Speaking of which, I, so my Apple TV Plus um, free year, I got it, it got extended to February for some reason, um, which I'm happy about because I love Apple TV Plus. I love all the content on there. Um, but I was thinking, I was like, I really don't want to have to start paying for it after February. But then I was like, but do I still actually need it? Like, am I actually still going to watch it? And then I was like, schmigadoons on Apple TV Plus. I can't just, like, <laughs> not. <laughs> like, it's like, I can't get rid of it. Because, like, ugh. 
but it's connected to like my dad's credit card because his credit card is on our Apple ID. So I'm gonna be like really sneaky and be like, um, can you pay the five dollars a month? <laughs> So I can oh watch Keegan Michael Key and Cecily Strong. <laughs> oh my gosh, I don't know. Do you have any? So I think another thing I have on here was um, you wanted to expand on a TikTok that I made. Yes, because it made me laugh so hard. Okay, so like you made a TikTok. What was it? You said what was like the theater? What was it? What was the like something about like what was the piece of theater that like or what was what got you really into theater or something like that I don't remember yeah and it made me laugh because I was like looking at the comments and I was like seeing if like I could relate to any so I wouldn't have to make something or like reply to it or something I truly made that TikTok and then just like closed my app and fell asleep and because I have that one TikTok that's just like trending right now about the wildest celebrity experiences I can't just like people keep commenting on that one and I can't scroll and so I should go in and just like read the comments yeah I haven't yet. I have to sneeze. Let's see. I have to sneeze. It's not happening. Like, look, right now I have 23 people who like stitched that video. Oh my God. It's just since I've closed my phone. Well, two of them, oh, I was about to say, well, two of them are me. Um, But it made me laugh because I was like, look at the comments and everything. And I was like, oh, I wonder like if I'll relate to any. So I won't. Oh my God. There's 46 comments on here. Oh my God. Wicked. But I was, like, hoping I wouldn't have to stitch it or comment on it. Wicked. And then I didn't Wicked. see anybody saying anything in relation to mine at all. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to start a conversation <laughs> about movie musicals. <laughs> and so it was funny because, like, it got a couple hundred views and stuff. But, like, no one, like, really commented on it other than my friends. Um, but, like, I want to expand on it because my friends texted me and they were like, Jill, those videos were stream of consciousness and they made no sense (laughs) and I was like okay so I just need to like (laughs) discuss it so in I made two video reactions um because I've had two like theater things in my life like one when I was a kid that got me into theater and then like as a teen slash like young adult that got me re-into theater and so like as a kid I was shown the movie Grease when I was like four years old and it literally changed my entire life. Everything about my life is Grease, I think. Like, because the movie that got me into theater was Grease when I was four years old. And then the thing that reintroduced me to theater was Grease Live. And I think that that's like the funniest thing on the entire planet. Like, I love that parallel. Um, but I rewatched Grease today, actually, because I was bored and had nothing else to do. So I was like, I'm gonna watch Grease. I haven't watched it in a couple years. And I was sitting there watching it and I was like texting my sister and I was like, when was the last time you watched this movie? And she's like, why? And I was like, I highly suggest watching it as an adult. <laughs> she's like, why? <laughs> and I was like, when I was four Talking years about old. how they did Stalker Channing dirty in that opening number sequence with that drawing. They did. They did they her did. dirty. Um, but I was like, I suggest rewatching it. And she's like, why? And I was like, um, because I'm looking back at my childhood and why did nobody stop me? when I was singing the lyrics make her cream and pussy wagon at like four years old (laughs) why did nobody stop me like I probably sang that song at school when I was like six or seven 
and now I'm wondering if like I ever like anyone ever called my parents <laughs> to be like what is happening here like what is this that is happening because I remember um in second grade I taught all my friends how to do the hand jive that was like my one trick on like show and tell day was I can do the hand jive, the hand jive baby have you heard Taylor Swift's song uh, Paper Rings no I don't really listen to Taylor Swift I love Taylor Swift. There's a song that goes like, No one come like for me. I just don't like things. her. There's the song goes, I like shiny things that I'd marry you with paper rings. Uh-huh. Anyway, when my friend Nicole and I went to go see the Jonas Brothers, we were get we were in line. We went to see them at the Hollywood Bowl. So there's yep. this always just like massive bowl traffic. So we we're trying to get off the freeway to park. Anyway, all I wanted to listen to is Lover, even though we were gonna see the Jonas Brothers. Yeah. Anyway, Paper Rings comes on. And I just start hand jiving during it. <laughs> just like I was like, I like shiny things. I marry you with rings. That's it. I Not love a- that. Anyway, it's so funny because you were, because you were going to you were going to see the Jonas Brothers and Joe Jonas sang with DNC like they did the born to hand jive and everything during Christmas. Oh. Oh. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Anyways, so when I was a kid, I loved Greece. And then when I was like seven, sorry, six, Mamma Mia came out and my whole, like me, my, all my sisters, we all went and saw the movie together. Um, like it was like a family affair. <laughs> we all went and saw Mamma Mia. Um, and now it's really funny because like now whenever I babysit kids, I'm like, let's watch all these musical movies. And then I have to like text their parents to make sure it's okay that I show them Mamma Mia. And they're like 11. Ugh. And I'm like, I watched this in theaters when I was like seven years old. Um, I would love to show Ava anything else, but all she wants to watch is Lion King. That's it. She, I tried to put on Hercules the other day. Turn on Grease Live. Like, no, Kids I don't love want it. it. No, I don't want it. No, I don't want it. No, I don't want it. I don't want to watch this. I don't want to watch it. Like, it almost into a meltdown. And I was like, fine. Turn on Grease Live. Because kids me. love Grease Live. I kid you not. They know. love She'd it. She'd be like, I don't want to watch it. And then we oh, bend to her every diva. whim. So, yeah, we bend to her every whim. So it's. Because she's perfect. I love her. She is. She is my favorite um, thing in the world. But. So, like, Grease was a gummy to when I was a kid, slash Eloise at Christmas time, because Gavin Curl singing Gypsy awakened so many things for me. Oh, um, yes. Yes. I was like, okay, so it's funny. I was rewatching Eloise at Christmas time last week with my parents. It was like on Christmas Day night. We were watching Eloise at Christmas time. And I used to watch this religiously as a child, even when it wasn't Christmas. I just loved Eloise. <laughs> I had all you the You also books. sent it to me. It's just on YouTube. You just sent it to me. And I was just, didn't even ask for it. You didn't even mention it. I was it. like, you just, go, you just sent it. No context. And I was like, thanks. <laughs> Everyone needs it in their life, Katie. It's so good. Anyways, so like I was talking to my parents while we were watching it. I was like, remember when I was like in love with Bill? And my dad was like, and I didn't have the heart to tell you that Gavin Carrell was gay. And I was like, yeah. I remember those days and he was like you're still in those days like he was like you're still in love with Gavin Grimm <laughs> like and it's what so funny. It? like who cares um but then I fell out of theater like I loved Hairspray as a kid I loved theater for most for pretty much all my life I still loved musicals I still loved like plays and stuff like that but I wasn't as like into it in my teen years because that's when I thought I wanted to make movies and I was like obsessed with like 
really weird like cinema stuff like it was just like I thought I was so deep and it was horrendous um but then 2016 January 31st 2016 was like the best day of my life and I stand by that I think that like that awakened so much for me because like I was excited about Grease Live anyways because like Carlos Pinavega was in it and I loved Big Time Rush that's like still my favorite boy band <laughs> ever I love Big Time Rush um Big Time Rush was just after my time see Big Time Rush was like everything to me I loved them um so like Carlos was in it Vanessa Hudgens like Carly Rae Jepsen like it had a stacked cast it was such a good cast I don't like Julianne Huff that's beside the point but like the rest of the cast I was obsessed with Jordan Fisher like I was so excited and so I remember that day my friend um Anna she was like obsessed with Aaron Tveit because of like Les Mis and Next to Normal and all that stuff and I was like I don't know what any of this is like I was like shut up I don't know what this is and so I was like I don't care about this man who is that like I was like who cares um and so she was like oh my god I'm so excited for Grease Live because like Aaron Tveit's in it and I was like I'm excited because Jordan Fisher and Carlos Pinnemaker <laughs> like I was just like so could not care less about Aaron Tveit and Ooh, what was what was uh jordan fisher like in that made him like famous um i think it's teen beach movie okay because that's kind of what that kick-started his career time. yeah because that kind of like kick-started his career i think so okay um, was he on a tv show he was in live and maddie on like as a main character no he would do okay. like little guest starring roles. I don't think he ever was a main character. Okay, so then yeah, then it must have been Teen Beach movie. Um, but Which I did watch I once. I love I Teen it. Beach movie. Are you kidding me? Um, but I roll over that song that trended on TikTok, but it's just Oh yeah. Song. Oh my god, I'm so sick of that one. Um, it was every single TikTok. <laughs> But she was like, she would talk about Aaron and I was like, I don't care. I was like, I have such a fat crush on Danny Zuko though anyways. Like John Travolta ruined my life as a child. Like I am in love with Danny Zuko. Um, I know he's a terrible person. I don't care. I'm in love with Danny Zuko. Um, so I was like, I don't really care. Like who, who cares? I'm sure he's fine. So the show starts and I was like, who is this man? Like I was like, I, why is this man? Who is this? Why is he playing Danny Zuko? And I just was uninterested in Julianne Huff as Sandy. Um, and then this is like the weirdest thing to like confess right now. <laughs> I wish it. I still had the text messages. Like I really wish I still had my reaction text messages to my friend who's like no longer my friend anymore. So I can't even ask her for them. Um, summer nights started and Alan Tveit starts singing. And I text like three different people that are also watching it from their own homes. And I was just like texting them. And I was like, wait a second. <laughs> like I knew who Aaron Tveit was because of Gossip Girl, but I didn't know who Aaron Tveit was. Like I didn't genuinely know who this person was. And cause he looked so different in Grease Live versus what he looked like as Trip Vanderbilt like seven years prior. So I was like, who is this mm -hmm. person? So I was like, wait a second. <laughs> I literally like remember typing in all caps, hold on. <laughs> and then he like, we get further into the song and I'm sitting there like crying. Like I was like, who is this human being? What is this that I'm watching? Holy crap. And so like, I'm literally texting my friend who's like 
as obsessed with Aaron Tomatoes as I am now. Um, and she was just like so irritated with me <laughs> because every other time she's tried to show me anything that he was in, she was like, you wouldn't have it. You had zero interest in this. Like, what are you doing? And I was like, this is the perfect man. <laughs> I was like, this is the perfect human being. <laughs> and so Grease Live, I genuinely think it's just like a Danny Zuko thing because as a kid, it was John Travolta that got me into it. And like as a young adult, it was Aaron Tveit as Danny Zuko. Very, very likely. And I think it's so funny because like looking back, I rewatched Grease Live a couple days ago with my friend because she was like, I haven't seen it in so long. And I was like, okay, we'll watch it. And I was like, you know what this show did? It did everything. And we just let it. <laughs> We just accepted this as like the greatest live television musical because it, the was. Only, it was. The Wiz was good. I will say that I thoroughly enjoyed The Wiz. Um, but Greece, like objectively speaking, technically and everything is like just gen- the best live TV. It was also the first one that Fox did, right? It was, yeah. Which I thought was interesting that Fox did it better than NBC did, had done like six times before. Like, I thought that, that was well, really did, weird. Did Tommy Kale direct it? Mm-hmm. It was directed by Tommy Kale. Um, I think that's really important for it. The fact that you had a theater director yes. directing it. Yes. Um, and it's also, they had a lot of theater actors in it. Like, mm-hmm. The Wiz did too, but it was mostly ensemble was like theater actors. Um, whereas like with Grease Live, you had Aaron Tomate as the lead, which he wasn't a household name until Grease Live. He's like still no one a, he's still not a household he's name. He's still not. Um but then you had like Vanessa Hudgens is a theater actor, despite like, you know, being in like she had done and stuff. she had done she had done um Rent at the Bowl and then she yes. did Gigi. Mm-hmm. Has she done why do I feel like she's done Broadway since then? Where she only done Gigi? She was she did In the Heights at um was it the Kennedy, Kennedy Center? Center? In the Heights? Yeah, yeah, she was in In the Heights. Um, which I heard she was really good in. Um Yeah. But people like you had like Vanessa Hudgens. I feel like people think well, Vanessa Hudgens isn't as good as she is. Either that right. or and she's like been the, cast in weird things that are not right for her. Yes. I don't think, I feel like Rent, like her and Rent was not good. <laughs> so like a lot as of her, people her, go her as that. Mimi or her as Maureen? Oh, her as Mimi. Mimi. In the, her as Mimi at the bowl was weird. Like I didn't see it. I wanted it to. I would have killed to have seen that cast. It's all over it YouTube. Aaron Tveit. It's all over YouTube. Tyler Aston. Uh, it was a who was, great who was Col- Nicole was, Scherzinger. Was, like Nicole Scherzinger. Was it um Wayne Brady as as Collins? Mm-mm. Who was Collins? Know. Was it? I feel like it was Col- I feel like he was Hold Collins. Um, also, um, Neil Patrick Harris directed that. Mm-hmm. And I remember wanting to see it so bad, but my parents were like, We're not gonna take you to see Rent again. Like we It was Wayne Brady. Okay. I don't know why I thought it wasn't. They were like, We don't want to see this again, so you're not going to see it. And I was too young to like drive myself. Also, my parents did not let yeah. me drive to LA until I was like 20. Really? Oh, Tracy Tums was Joanne. That's right. Mm. Um, But like, 
it also had um I mean Jordan Fisher is like a theater kid through and through so like he was so good as duty he was amazing um Andrew Call was in it um David Del Rio was in it like the cast was so and like it wasn't a whole lot of like household names which I think added to it because it's like oh you don't have to have a stunt cast to be amazing (laughs) like like you definitely need strong theater people as main characters whether or not those main characters are the leads is another story because I think a lot about um the Sound of Music, which is like their first like foray into it. I mean, a- after mm-hmm. so many years, I it obviously wasn't yeah. the first time it had ever been done, but it had been the first time it had ever been done in years. Um, a lot of people yeah. were like, Carrie Underwood, your acting is very stiff, but your singing is amazing. Um, yeah. And I think that was like the main criticism of it is like, people are like, we don't like her, but her yeah. singing was great because she's Carrie Underwood. But having Laura Benanti and Christian Borel as theater actors as Ilsa and oh my god what's his name I'm not a sound of music person so I don't know mm, Ilsa and I used to hate sound of music as a kid Fuck I don't know uh, I mean I don't really like sound of music because watching children perform makes me uncomfortable but um, but I love see I didn't like sound of music as a kid but I loved Christopher Plummer yeah. if that's not the most on-brand statement I've ever made I don't know what it is yeah <laughs> like well, I- no, I, I I grew up loving Julie Andrews because who, what kid doesn't? Oh, um, fair. Absolutely. So my dad was like, you have to watch The Sound of Music. Yeah, my and mom goes, used to force me on it, like force it on me. And I was like, ooh, who's this man ripping a up a Nazi flag? Movie. It is. Um, But like, I do think it's important. Like Grease Live definitely showed that. Like, it's like, you don't have to have this horrendously A-list stacked cast to make it amazing like to make it so so good and it was just like the audience wasn't super aggressive like they are in other live tv musicals it also was the first one that had an audience right and like since then though like the audience is overwhelming like i cannot watch them now because they're always like so loud tickets to see grace did i tell you this that i had tickets to see grace live and then yeah. it had rained that day. Like, it rained that day. It's funny and because they had, like, an alternate opening for rain that they had rehearsed two hours before, like, they were supposed to go on. And then they ended up just doing the original opening. Because it stopped raining. with umbrellas. <laughs> right. Like, they were like, let's just have umbrellas and do it, like, the original one. Um, Scratch everything you just had to, like, learn in five seconds. <laughs> but theater people can do that. Right, like it's, it's so funny. That's called being in early previews. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but I had tickets and I was supposed to go with my friend and then for whatever reason, we just didn't. And then it had turned out that it was like raining that day. And it was in yeah. like Burbank and we didn't want to drive to Burbank. It was a whole, it was a whole thing. I want to know I could have like gone, where but... you would have been. I want to know what audience, like what section of the audience you would have been in. You I know? guess we'll never know. <laughs> because like, could you imagine being in the gym? Oh, I would have died. I would have loved to have been in the gym. I feel like I have a friend who went that night. That's where the most fun scenes were. I I know two people who went to um, Rent Live. That, oh, like, really? That um, pre-tape. Oh, yeah, I knew that. Yeah, you told me about them. Yeah, I knew two people who were there. Um, or I should say two groups of people who were there. Yeah. Anyway. I have have another thing written down on here. Like, what, now that we're in 2021, 
We have a whole year ahead of us. Exciting. Still yes. going to be in, still going to be inside because of yes. current situations. I want to talk about like what our goals are for this year for this podcast. Cause I feel like one thing that you and I've discussed like privately, I don't know if we've discussed it on the podcast is that we want to bring on guests. Yeah. We, whether or not these people are like theater makers or just theater fans, I think would be really interesting. Well, and I think have... we should have a co- collection of both. I have a friend who wants to be on our podcast. Shout out to Abby. I know she's going to listen to this. Um, I have a friend who wants to be on here because she is a huge fan of Krista Rodriguez. So she wants to come on and discuss like... <gasps> I can discuss yes. some things about Krista. She, wants to, she really wants to come on um, once we start getting Halston on Netflix, which I'm 100% down for because Ian McGregor is my favorite thing <laughs> on the planet. So I was like, absolutely, I'll talk to Katie about it. So I would love for Abby to come on because um, she's like, I could discuss Krista for like hours and was like valid because mood. I want to get, <laughs> get some like theater TikTokers on. Yes. Like I have, I, I'm mutuals with a couple of them and I would love to get them on. I mean, it would be like, in my head it's an awkward subject to broach but I I, I don't imagine it going like I feel like if somebody someone would ask me to be on their podcast and be like oh hell yeah yes I um I'm gonna manifest this right now because I can probably message her and she'd probably say yes if she had the time I don't know what her scheduling looks like but I can ask my my main bitch Amber Ardolino if she (laughs) would like to because she's done so many awesome shows like she's been in Hamilton Head Over Heels Rock of Ages Moulin Rouge like her resume is amazing so like I would love to have my girl Amber come on it'd be so cool yes yeah this these are the things but I remember I sent you a snap the other day um and then it was interrupted by Ava um, (laughs) coming into my room and being like I want to jump on your bed and I was like yes okay um (laughs) And I was like, okay, she's off, but yeah, he can jump on my bed. I don't care. Why not? Um, when theater opens up again, we can start reviewing the shows that we go see. And like, yes. I, luckily for me, I mean, who knows where I'm going to end up? Like things are weird right now. Things yeah. are very much like up in the air regarding my career, which is another thing I'm saying. <laughs> um, but LA whether I'm like in LA or if I'm in New York or if I'm in Chicago or you know Maybe wherever we'll I end up be in New York by the end of the year and we'll just honestly that'd be so much fun us. also anybody who may not know Jill and I have never met in person <laughs> Jill and I, have I, been like, friends I feel like for... no one knows that <laughs> Jill and I have been friends for years but we've never met how long have we been friends how long has it been um mm. it was after it was I want to say it's been we the st- winter of 2018, wasn't it? It was like fall of 2018 because I remember fall I like just started at my job. Yeah, and I was like, oh my god, guys, I'm working. So it's been like two years. It's been a little over two years. Yeah. Um, so we literally didn't we like bond over company, company or just like Aaron Tate in general. Like I think it was Aaron Tate in general, but there was like something about company in there. I'm, I'm sure. sure there was. I can't um, not have but- a conversation about company with another human. <laughs> But, like, regardless of where I am, there's always weird little shows happening. And I, yeah, I can't, I can't, oh my God, I can't wait to see bad shows again. 
God, I can't wait. I to saw see that a show. really saw bad production. Shows. I don't want to say a bad production. It was a product of its time. I saw a weird production of Almost Maine recently that was put on by my university, and it was very, very strange. <laughs> I'll like explain it to you outside of this because it was weird. <laughs> The only production of Almost Maine I've seen was uh, a high school that I have no affiliation with. Just like I had a friend I worked with and he was like, do you want to come see this production? I was like, okay. I saw He wasn't even in it. He was just like, (laughs) come see see my old high school's production. And I was like, okay, sure. I saw it when I was in eighth grade at like my high school later on. Um, They put it on my eighth grade year and my Mm. sister's friend was in it. So I went and saw it. Um, and I didn't remember a single bit of it. And I still don't really know much about it. And I've seen it twice now. And I still don't really remember anything from it. Oh my gosh. Because I just kept thinking this last time I saw it was virtual, first of all. And one of the guys on it is like, will not stop asking me out. So I'm just like, <laughs> I was trying not to think that. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I, I mean, I I can't wait until you and I can like discuss the shows that we've seen. I can't wait to be able to see a show with you. Oh my god, me too. Oh god, uh, I'm so excited. We need Um, to see Company and Moulin Rouge together just because that's like (laughs) who we are as people, literally. (laughs) And then go see Mrs. Doubtfire just because like nostalgia. Yeah, it's just because yeah, yeah. nostalgia and Rob McClure. (laughs) Nostalgic chaos. Like, are you kidding me? I want to see it so bad. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. But um. Yeah, like, the weird thing is, like, in a year's time, I'm very excited to see where, like, this podcast goes, um, and, and, and it's, like, a weird thing, like, I, we have, like, an audience of 12 people, so it's not like I'm saying this, I would love to grow this, this audience, but the thing is, like, I also want to, like, I, I made this note where I'm, like, I'm balancing a weird line, because I, I, I view this podcast as like my, like my fun thing that I do, whereas my career is my career. And I want to be serious about that. So I try not to be, try not to let the two overlap. So like the weird line I'm balancing is how do I, how do I balance this? How do I make sure once I am working again, how do I make sure that I am able to do so when this is something I love to do. And my job is something that I really enjoy doing as well. The two have a lot of things in common. They're yeah. both related to the arts. They're both related to theater. Um, you know, it's, it's how, but it's like, I'm very also much like a remove social and, and professional. They're two very different things, but they also are so in common that in my head, I'm like, this is, this is, should, like I said, we've got an audience of 12 people. It's not like where, it's not like where my favorite murder, where this is going to become our full-time job. Right. Um, I mean, who's to say it won't like open stuff up. Exactly. And so that's what I'm, 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 it's, it's this weird thing where it's like, I want to get very much bigger and deeper into what this can become. Cause I do think that this can become something fun and something great um, and I think it's because we both have such like horrendous opinions about things that no one else has and I feel like that's another- if we were to like grow so much more we should have merchandise that literally said- my friend laughs at me for saying this and she said the same thing like she actually put the idea in my head I feel like we need shirts that say 
it's just not for me. (laughs) Because instead of saying that we hate something, we're like, it's just not meant for me. (laughs) And that's the thing. It's like, and that, and that goes into this balancing line of one-on-one, I might say like, oh, I don't like this. This is why I don't like this. But I also have to be like cognizant and like understanding that in the way my career moves, I might have to deal with these people. Right. On like a professional level. And so that's, that's really the line that I, 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 I try to navigate and who knows what's going to happen. Nobody knows, but I also don't want to like stick a giant foot in my mouth. Right. My favorite thing is when you say that, and I went on like a 30 minute tangent about how I hate James Corden. (laughs) I mean, but also, what's the likelihood of me ever ever working with James Corden? Like, let's be a thousand percent honest here. What is the likelihood of that ever happening? Or him ever (laughs) digging up like a random podcast from our early days. I had this like like... vision because of how you and I are obsessed with um, Stephen Colbert. I had this dream. And I said, oh, you know, one day we're going to go see Stephen Colbert. I'm like, what if this podcast one day just gets like so huge? We end up as guests on (laughs) Stephen Colbert. The only thing I would be able to ask him about, the only thing I'd be able to discuss, I'm like, so did you meet Sondheim when you did company? At the yes, that's what I was thinking too. I was like, I would only want to discuss company with him. <laughs> that's it. Like the, I want to meet Stephen Colbert just so I can be like, what's Stephen Sondheim like? Like, like what's his vibe? Like what how, how, how intimidated were you by him? Yes. <laughs> I remember when Sondheim went and saw a company at Barrington stage when um, Aaron Tveit did it with... Who else was in that production? I have no idea. Mara Davi was in it. Um, is that how you pronounce that name? Yes. I've always read it as Mara Davi. It's Mara Davi, I think. I could I have no be idea. very wrong. She though. was in, um, I think she was in A Chorus Line at the Hollywood Bowl. She was. I'm pretty sure. Cool. Anyways. I can just like pull random cast She was actually in The Music head. Man at my regional theater <gasps> uh, like a couple years was ago. Was she Marion? Uh, yeah. Um, so... I remember like whenever he went and saw company at Barrington stage because it was like either right before I went or right after I can't remember but I remember seeing it all over Instagram because like I followed a couple people from the cast and I vividly remember this and this is just gonna be me sounding like an Aaron Tveit fangirl I don't care that's my entire existence deal with it um Sondheim looking at Aaron and saying you're perfect like every like that's like my favorite thing that's ever happened in the theater world <laughs> is Stephen Sondheim, first of all, critiquing his, like, performance and then just going, but other than that, you're perfect. Like, about him playing Bobby. And I'm like, it's because he was meant to play Bobby. He was so In good. my head, Stephen Sondheim is this man who is just, like, he's written such amazing works and his he's so heavily, like, revered. But I also, there are times you have to realize he's just, like, also just a dude yeah where he's just like I don't know why I didn't do that to begin with like I feel like he's he's like a a chill dude statue like he like every time I think about him I'm like he needs to just like stand in the Met or something like he just needs to stand on a pedestal in a museum and just like let us like bow down to him because he is so amazing but then they're like yeah and then I'm like then I remember that video and I'm just like oh yeah He's just like all of us. He's <laughs> just dude. like, he watches their debate. He's like, like, he's perfect. <laughs> he's just a dude who's like, I don't know why I didn't write Bobby as a woman to begin with. 
that makes me laugh so hard like literally like whenever I read the thing at the beginning of um the libretto for the gender bent company it literally is like Sondheim talking about how or like there's something like a quote or something where it was like I don't know why we didn't do this in the first place <laughs> and it makes me laugh though oh it's so good company oh, Sondheim. what other goals do you have for this podcast like what what else are you like wanting to do we are um, so far into this, like, well, this has gone on so long that I don't know if anybody's even listening at this point anymore, <laughs> but. I would love to get, like, theater merch creators on here. Like, I would love to talk to people, like, um. Like, people from Creative Goods? Maybe? I was thinking, like, small businesses, like, small Oh, businesses. Okay. So like scenery bags or something good merch. <gasps> Shout out to my girls at Something Good Merch. They're the best. They're the sweetest girls in the whole world. I love them. Um, and they make the cutest stuff. Um, <laughs> and like um, Teal at the Backstage Blonde. And I would like to get Teal on. Teal is amazing. She's so much fun to talk to. Um, and like Abby DePhillips now, she has like a store on her website and she has like refurbished show shirts, which I got one for Christmas and it's super cute. I love it. Um, and like, she's like created this kind of like thing for herself, which I think is super awesome. Like, I would love to get people like that who like are part of a whole nother aspect of theater that like, we don't really think about as much, especially with like Abby DePhillips because she produces a lot of concerts like at 54 Below and, um, stuff like that. And I would love to talk to her about that aspect of her career and her life yeah <sighs> big goals who knows what yeah. we'll end up in a year yeah. I'm very excited <laughs> though like like I'm very excited about what this can all be yes and also about our new podcast Shh. you'll hear about that later <laughs> xoxo am I right ladies lol we love <laughs> I'm just like looking at my vision board and I'm like, I'm a psychopath. No, but look, see that part of your vision board is going to happen. Like you put somebody from that thing on there and then that's what another part's going to happen. Anyway, we're talking in code. Uh, I really think <laughs> it's time to, I do think it's time to wrap this up. Yes, um, we've been talking we've for so long. Too long. Yes. Um, but so Jill, let everyone know where we can be found on, on the internet um on instagram and tiktok we are at thoughts shared podcast i always like flub my words on that part i don't know why and then on twitter we are at thoughts shared underscore which we like never are on because twitter i always tell i always tell myself that i'm gonna like vlog into the twitter and actually like make content but then i just say but then that involves me getting on twitter exactly exactly i am afraid of twitter these days like twitter is just so toxic and stressful Um, um but and then our personal social media mine are at it's jill hayes on literally every platform no one and uh on instagram i'm at complete katie and on tiktok i'm at katiefornia which is fun i always i always say on every platform known to man i don't have a myspace should i get myspace does my fizzle exist yeah I had a MySpace I I, I had I one a- but I was like I had it after it was like cool <laughs> like when Facebook started like, it was bad yeah I think I got like my MySpace and my Facebook within like a couple months of each other and I yeah. was like MySpace is so much more fun and then I 
completely dropped off of that and was like, Facebook is where it's at. I'm going to bring back my space. I say that like at least once every two years. I'm like, I'm going to bring it back. I never even log on to it. (laughs) I never even think about it. Oh my gosh. Uh, Anyway, until next time. Bye. Bye.